This is the Sluggo. Slant and go. It's called Sluggo. Casey the Beef Krieg, and just like every Wednesday, oh, wait a second, <laughs> just for the second time, I was looking today, can you believe it? This is only our second show since December the 1st. It's been like six weeks. I think we didn't know it, but we joined the union. What the? <laughs> <laughs> the union says you can't work more than twice in six weeks, but it's good to be back with the case. We were uh, talking pre-show and, uh, you know, we got so used to what 110 shows in about 115 weeks. It seemed like through COVID and pandemics and whatever. And then we kind of had a little break there over Christmas. I got busy all of a sudden. We we're talking about that pre-show and, and you're always busy flying around the driving around the country, driving around. Yeah. Driving around the country. You got a, uh, a young son and stepson. So, uh, um been a while anthony weeks good to see him he's in here he started a new a new deal the boys i think it's called it's good and to there's kevron good to see him too hey, anthony, don't you worry anthony we got garrett riley on the mind and that'll that'll come up i said never beef. heard of him <laughs> i sent beef to run down and he was like Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. I thought he, he was going to hit me. He's like Brent Venables there, uh, ready to rock and roll. Good to see you, Anthony and Kevron. Hey, Beef, I don't know about at your house, but at my house, I handle the technology for the most part. Now, if I need to remember a password or or something like that, Parker's always good. You know, my mind is old and decrepit, and I can't remember what I have for breakfast. Parker, I asked him the other day, and that fits into this story. He can remember the the Wi-Fi password. You know, I got it stamped on my forehead. Um, ring doorbell went down last week, and and we can't live without the ring at this house because, despite it being illegal to uh, go door to door sell selling stuff, people still do it, especially home security folks. They're they're infamous in the neighborhood. Um, so anyway, ring doorbell went down. No problem. I fixed it 150 times before I'll fix it this time. Probably just needs to be recharged, recharge the battery. No. Okay. Recharge the recharged battery. No. Um, nothing's worked. Couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is working. I know cause it's on my phone cause I needed the phone to connect to the thing to tell me it wasn't working. Um, so finally, what I always tell my wife is when I'm, when I'm fixing something around the house and I start talking, I'm not talking to her, right? <laughs> I'm not asking her the questions. I'm asking myself the questions. So I have gently requested over the years that she leave me the hell alone when I'm, <laughs> when I'm working on something, right? And she has obliged much to her credit. She's obliged. So she left me the hell alone. I still couldn't figure it out. So I walked away. I went back the next day, still couldn't figure it out. I'm like, what the heck? And then I got online, did the research. Okay, okay. Anyway, long story short, the second day I walked away again, said, this sucks. I'll just go buy a new one, right? I'll just get a whole new one because I can't get this thing to work. 20 minutes later, she goes out the front door to go for a walk. 
and it captures her on the ring doorbell and it worked. So I don't know. I, I fixed it. <laughs> that's what I took credit for sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, I couldn't remember the password. This is where Parker fits in. I could remember the Wi-Fi password because it's saved in everything. And he knew it right off the top of his head. Now, he don't know what he learned in math class two hours before that, but he knows the Wi-Fi password. Teenagers, man, teenagers. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. We had a ring doorbell in, in New Jersey, and uh, I, I just I just charged it. That's all I knew how to do. That's and, all I do, really. I know how to take the screw out the face plate and charge it, but it asked for more, and I couldn't do it. I turned it off because all the every car that drove by, and I yeah. knew you could – yeah, New Jersey was like posted stamp lots. So if I wanted to get my yard, I had to get a little bit of the road. Yeah. It was like every time. Doo, doo, doo. And I'm like, I need ours, to not have that time anymore. Ours goes off sometimes when the sun comes from behind the clouds. That's how sensitive it is. Yeah. It's good. It's a good system. <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't nobody sneaking by that dang thing. That's We'd sure. be more than happy to rep them on this show. Yes, no doubt. We'll we'll wrap anybody. <laughs> Axe murderer. Well, it was really good. Um, okay, championship game. Georgia edge TCU. I watched about seven minutes of this game and knew it was over. You know, sometimes you go like, hey, I mean, like Jacksonville last week, you know, you never know. So you stick around, you watch it, and things happen. Seems like that's happened quite a few times this year in the NFL, the 33 to nothing game at halftime. Jacksonville down 27 nothing. But Georgia just crushed TCU uh, in the championship game. Georgia looked really good. Three feet or? Yeah, their their uh, schedule next year is is another joke of a schedule. And this is you know me and my soapbox. I feel like you're setting me up here. But the fact that everyone loves and talks about nonstop how just how good the SEC is. Look, take a look at Georgia's schedule next year. They're out of conferences like, uh, I don't know, uh, Kyle High School, um, St. <laughs> Paul be. Prep, and somebody else. I mean, it, it's atrocious. There are three out of conference games. I think they have a MAC team in there, a SOCON team. And, and then they don't have any real cross rival except, I think, Mississippi State. But they miss LSU. They miss Alabama. Um and I think they miss Ole Miss as well. So it's not it's not all that look, looking difficult. And they just I looked I took a look at their I don't know I'm stuttering tonight. I got to get back in the groove, Marty. I took a look at their roster too at the quarterback position because Stetson Bennett the ninth cannot come back next year. He's done. He's exhausted all of his eligibility. But they have a five star and and two four stars behind him, as well as Jackson Muschamp, who I think was a three star. So they're on paper. They're loaded again. They're losing some guys to the transfer portal, which is a little odd to see. I don't know if they're starters or not, but they're set up for a three-peat. Yes. They play uh, – got it here. UT Martin. That one's in Georgia, at Georgia, by the way. Um, Ball State. At Georgia. Another MAC team, South Carolina. Uh, UAB. UAB. Auburn. At Auburn, Kentucky at home at Vanderbilt could be a toughie. Uh, Florida, you know, that's going to be in Jacksonville. Then Missouri and Ole Miss at home. They finished up on the road at Tennessee and uh, at Georgia Tech. Sounds like 12 and 0. 
Yeah, they're not going to get challenged again until December, really. And and that's probably in the SEC championship. Or maybe Tennessee. Maybe. We'll see. I don't, I don't know what they have coming back. They get a better shore up the defense. I know as Clemson fans, we wish we saw our offense kind of finish drives, but they got to shore up the defense if they're going to try to stop Georgia. For sure, for sure. Uh, John Chancey says maybe a lack of challenges in the regular season leads to complacency. Well, they almost lost to Missouri this year. They had a couple of closer games, but, man, they look so good. And yeah. last impressions shouldn't be, you know, your overall impression, but they just look dominant. Now, we know TCU, Big 12 team, had a lot of luck to go undefeated or one loss in the championship game, the uh, Big 12 championship game. I'm not saying they weren't good. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to be there. I'm just saying they won a lot of close games. Yeah, and they, there was probably six or seven games in there that they that could have gone either way, but that's what Cinderella does. It's not their fault that they put it on Michigan in the semifinal. I mean, uh, myself included thought it was going to be Michigan and Georgia in the final, and they beat them. So, I mean, people that are saying that they didn't deserve to be there I'm sorry, you're wrong. And they they did. Unfortunately, they lost by 58 points in the, in the <laughs> final. And everyone that I know turned it off. So it's still for them. I am too. And I would have never done it. My wife was about to cook up some like cheese and, and um, you know, queso and chips and buffalo chicken dip. And both me and her oldest were like, nah. We're good. And that Save was like the- literally seven minutes in the game, even Save- after TCU scored. <laughs> Save the dip. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Weeks says Gunnar Stockton should be should. a front runner for QB1. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but when Clemson had their run in 2015, they didn't lose by 58, but they won, I think it was six games, negative two in turnovers. So, in that, and I calculated it out as like, one in two hundred and something thousand odds of one in six games when you're negative two and turnovers, one every one of them uh, just couldn't overcome the onside's kick that Nick Saban cooked up uh, in the tight end. Good lord, I still have nightmares. <laughs> I think he just ran over another Clemson defensive between back. him and Geno Smith. Like I haven't slept in years. no doubt no doubt all right i think anthony kevron and maybe even john chancey are here to talk a little clemson football obviously the big news your best friend brandon streeter got fired that's a joke he's not casey's best friend that would be zach locks parker um but i'm presuming there uh but uh brandon streeter got fired garrett riley got hired and TCU fans are happy because they didn't think Garrett Riley was that good. Anyway, apparently, according to your other podcast or screenshots that will be on your other podcast, probably. But uh, Garrett Riley's the new offensive coordinator. I'm going to have a story tomorrow on rubbingtherock.com. That is rubbingtherock.com about now that the expectations are really high. I could never get 97 96.9% of Clemson fans to agree on anything. They agreed that their expectations for next year have been raised because of the hire of Garrett Riley as offensive coordinator. John Chansey had a great story about who's going to benefit the most from, uh, from Garrett Riley 
you know, the change in the offensive coordinator. Houston Burnett wrote a story on rubbingtherock.com about uh, reinventing the offense. So there's a lot of um, positive energy, to use your term today, on the baseball team around Garrett Riley being uh, hired as the offensive coordinator. And my only point in tomorrow's article is that's all great and I'm happy and I'm too looking forward to it. But now it actually needs to happen. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. I think, I, and Clemson fans may laugh at me, but I remember when Rob Spence was hired and he brought this new kind of newfangled offense that was hot and high flying. And people forget about Rob Spence, but it didn't work. It didn't work at all. But I was really excited to sit there on a spring game and watch the offense. And it was it was great. It was exciting because we were had these tempered we had these expectations. So my my message to Clemson fans is you need to temper it a little bit. I think he's going to bring a new, fun style of offense, but it's going to look a little familiar. I, I truly believe, and I did actually do some research on this, Marty. I know, I know. Uh, I just, I, I think as as Anthony Weeks said here, I think Antonio Williams is going to be used more. I think the tight ends are probably going to be used more, but he still runs these bubble screens. The thing I really like about his his offense is that he runs wrinkles off of that. So whereas Clemson in the past might have been a little bit uh, complacent. They might have been predictable where a guy like me could predict where it was going. Now you, you kind of, it, it's kind of a thinking man's football, if you will. I just, I, I'm excited for it, but I'm going to temper my expectations, especially like when it comes around April at the spring game and doesn't necessarily, K doesn't throw for 380 and, you know, and Will Shipley doesn't run for 175 yards and 17 touchdowns. Like I'm going to temper it a little bit. I think it's going to take him a little bit to, Obviously, practice to install it, but don't be surprised if you see a little bit of of the same, but yet taking chances. I think the personnel helps that too. John Chancey says Cole Turner. He almost added to that slideshow, and um, that's somebody to watch next year. Right? It's you know whatever he's he throw the ball in the general area. That dude caught it. That's all it. we've seen. <laughs> that's all we've seen from him. Uh, so we'll see how Cole Turner plays up, but I do think definitely Antonio Williams. I he he thrived in a not great offense. Can you imagine what he would do with like Deshaun or Trevor back there? Um, or hopefully Cade when he develops a little more. You know, I saw a story about um, I don't remember who it was. Uh, one of the Texas Tech quarterbacks when Mike Mike Leach passed away um, talked about why he was why that the air raid was so great and he said the the offense lets the quarterback make the decision right they have like four plays now i'm not saying that's what garrett riley's running i'm just talking about the air raid in general they have like four plays and they leave it up to the quarterback with what he sees right and that could change the play obviously and this uh quarterback said when i was a freshman i hated it he said, but by the time I was a senior, I loved it because he got to make the decisions and he got to decide who was going. You know, he wasn't pinned down to this one play. So we'll see how it plays out with Clemson. But I just thought that was interesting that Moore's going to be on the quarterback. From what I know of, of Klubnik from his time here in the Austin area at Westlake, he can handle it. It's going to take, you know, obviously he was a freshman and we saw a lot of that this year. Well, we didn't see a lot of it because he didn't play a lot till the end. But we saw some of it when he played. He was a freshman, a true freshman, kind of overwhelmed at times. Um, but 
I think you'll you know, the growth will be remarkable. And with Garrett Riley, nothing against Streeter, but with Garrett Riley as a quarterback's coach, you're going to see a big leap for Kate Klubnick in 23. Now take this for what you will, uh, for what it's worth, really. I have a really good friend, and Lux and I both have a really good friend that's a high school coach in this state of South Carolina. And he looked at us one night at dinner and basically recently and said, if you don't think Dabo's got his hands all over that offense, you're lying to yourself. So I, I think Streeter may have been a little handcuffed a little bit. Uh, I'm enough. hoping, I'm hoping that he lets off the, he lets off the brake pedal. Like I, I just, all I picture in my head is those driver's ed cars where Dabo's in the passenger seat, hitting the brake on you, like you know, <laughs> start and stop. So uh, one guy that Chancey did not put heat, well, he put Brennan stool in there. I think that's huge. He Riley runs a ton. And I think these running backs, I think that might have been a reason why Moffa comes comes back because I, it, he'll he'll interchange running backs as well. So I think that's going to be huge. I think Adam Randall, I think a healthy Adam Randall with a full spring is going to eat, as the kids say. I, I, I truly do. I think he has all the tools. Again, same coach that I talked to, played against this kid, said he's the best physical specimen, best wide receiver he's ever seen in this state. And that includes Antonio Williams. So... I think hopefully Adam Randall can use his hands and get some separation, and those those deep balls are probably going to him. Well, that's the other thing I've I've written about on RubbingTheRock.com, and somebody pushed back on me on Facebook a little bit. It was you know it was very nice and respectful, whatever. It wasn't one of those crazy people named Casey Cregan, but I said they don't have the players they used to have, and they've got well maybe one or two, but they don't have you know eight wide receivers out there that are making the NFL on the same six. I think it was six on the same team. Right. Um, I'm trying to get to Anthony Weeks comment here. Nobody has seen Cade with the healthy Bo Collins. Good point. You forgot um, about him. But if you watched, and I've been on this for a month now and everybody caught on this last weekend. If you watch the NFL playoffs last week, every game had a Clemson stud out there. Right. And not all of them were on offense, and Mike Williams was hurt, but there's Trevor Lawrence and there's Travis Etienne and there's Mike Williams who, you know, he was hurt. He didn't play, but everybody knows he's a superstar. Um, there's T Higgins. I mean, on and on and on. I Clemson just does not Sammy. have those guys. Sammy caught a pass. That's right. One pass for 12 yards, like two minutes. Into but at Clemson, he was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is there might be one or two. Maybe it's Bo Collins. Maybe it's Adam Randall. But there's not the embarrassment of riches that there were. As we see, we're down at the end of the season. We're seeing a lot of uh, the Sweeney boys and, you know, the the sons. Um, even though Cole Turner was great, um, it's just not the same. And they need to, you know, Nelson um, – was pushing back on some of the recruiting earlier in the the cycle. And I've come around to his position. It's not the same. Um, they're not get. they've got a lot of those good guys, but there's not what it was, at least at the receiver. Um, for me, the depth is not there is what I'm trying to say. And I love Will Shipley. I mean, look at my shirt, but is he Travis Etienne? You know, so that's my take. Yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement. I agree. Uh, I, back then, it was who were you going to cover? I mean, heck, you could throw Martavis Bryant in there because before his off-field issues, he was he was as electric in the NFL as they came. Uh, it was defenses couldn't cover 
those three guys, whatever they were, whether it was Sammy Martavis, um, Nuke, uh, Mike Williams, I mean, even Sharon Peak later on. I, right. I mean, you had, you had, or yeah, I mean, they were just names that they just throwing out there, and you knew they were going to catch it too. It, yes, we had generational quarterbacks, no question about it, but you also had generational wide receivers. Yes. Hopefully, these guys can develop. Because if they develop, I think Bo Collins is as good as anybody in the country, I think. And I, I'm hopeful yeah, for And I forget about him. But I'm hopeful that Adam Randall is that guy, too. And Antonio Williams and Cole Turner and Troy Stilato. I mean, I'm, I'll throw all the names at you. Uh, Roman didn't, Hannafin. Didn't Stilato transfer? Did he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, uh, he, he's going to be a stud somewhere. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Uh, if you don't use it, I'm going to steal that phrase, um, generational wide receivers. I should have thought of that one in that argument with that dude. It was a nice argument. It was a very, very respectful, like most internet arguments are. So that leads right yeah. into the next topic here, Casey. Will the hiring of Garrett Riley produce, uh, and this is a little side here. I saw, I saw you push back on someone who said that, uh, Jeff Scott was back at Clemson. I saw that on the internet. I thought that was cool. Um, uh, Chancey says Stolato is still with Clemson. I he is. I confirmed it with my phone a minute ago. So. You, are you guys are saying that I'm wrong? I know. First time for everything. Mark it down. <laughs> 21 minutes, 35 seconds of the 100 and whatever show. Don't tell my wife. Uh, she thinks I'm wrong 21 times a day. Um, okay. Somebody transferred. Anyway, um, maybe maybe he just got injured and was out for the season. He's been injured for two yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. So I was only 98% wrong. Um, will the hiring of Garrett Riley um, – and the, we know the theoretical return of Jeff Scott will improve recruiting. I mean, that's evident if he returns. But will if that doesn't happen, say we're going with just Garrett Riley and whoever, is that going to help the recruiting, do you think? I don't. I think that's an unknown. I, I really do. Uh, there was an article that I read on Tiger Illustrated, right? I mean, it was like two days after the guy got hired. But it said there was two guys that he was recruiting again. Not don't know the names that he has not made contact with yet. So I don't know. I mean, I know he's got to get settled in and go to the office and figure out the style, how Dabo wants him to recruit, how he want you know what message they want to send. I get all that, but I don't like that it took a couple of days. Probably asking too much, Marty. I mean, I'm probably asking too much here, but <laughs> I just don't know how he is as a recruiter. He won the Broyles Award for best. Uh, assistant coach in the country that's great for a coach and he's only been really at where was he kansas app state ecu and smu and tcu i mean yeah uh, and all those were about a year so it's not like he's been five years in each place he's only 33 years old right i think yeah so i think his style i think he's gonna have to talk about his style and how that gets, how that translates for a, a kid playing offense, a wide receiver, a running back, maybe even a quarterback, probably a quarterback. Um, however, he, I, there's a lot of unknown here as to how Garrett Riley is as recruiter. I don't, I don't know. How about that? Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, let me throw this at you. Maybe Clemson doesn't want the type of player he's recruiting at TCU. There's no question because he's, and that was different the whole, level. 
That was yeah. the whole gist. He was he was winning with three and four stars. Now he's going to be able to play with four and five stars. So it's different. It is a different level. All right. All right. I've kind of mentioned this already, but John Chancey had uh, a great piece on rubbingtherock.com, a slideshow. Um, I think there was four on there that will benefit the most from the hire of Garrett Riley, Houston's piece on reinventing the offense, which I think we're all looking forward to. I mean, I'm I'm about as eager for the spring game as I've I've been since Chad Morris. And I think I think uh Taj went like four of twenty-two that game or something that spring. And I was like, holy crap, what is this? This guy's doing. And we know how that worked out. Um, but that was before Sammy got there and you could just throw the ball anywhere and you know, you know, touchdown. So Good stuff. Do you think there'll be any other staff changes? No, it's kind of late in the cycle now. We're, you know, we're at the end, middle, mid to end of January. Everybody's selling in. Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't think so. And I, and quite honestly, I've gotten my information and my intel from pictures from recruits. You know, and I th- I thought maybe people that are talking about Wes Goodwin getting getting fired are out of their minds. I'm sorry. The he was fine this year. Those linebackers that he was in charge of, I know he's in charge of the whole defense, but those linebackers got better and better every week. He couldn't stay healthy on the defensive line, and he had young kids in the back end. So I have no problem with Wes Goodwin. I really didn't. And I thought maybe the only other move that they would make would be would be Tyler Grisham. Or, yeah, Tyler Grisham, that wide receiver, maybe. Um, but, I, again, he didn't have a healthy stable either. Guys weren't getting separation. I know that's coaching, but I think he gets another year. I, I, I really do. And hopefully with the new offense, it kind of makes him look better because I know he can recruit. He is a good recruiter. Um, he, he can get some guys. He really can. So I thought maybe he would go, but now that I'm seeing pictures of him on every trip with Garrett Riley and Dabo, uh, I think I think we're set. Instagram tells you the story. He tells the beef the story. Read the tea leaves. Didn't we name a couple episodes? Yes, now? yes. Well, and there'll be more in the future. I reuse the name, and you can tell by tonight's title. I couldn't come up with one for today. I it's perfect under, for what we're doing. I was under pressure, and I didn't handle it well <laughs> at all. Uh, story of my life. Story of my life. Okay, Clemson basketball had a tough loss at uh, Wake Forest last night, down two guards and having to play against. Apparently, according to the internet, uh, five Wake Forest players and two or three referees, depending on your point of view. Um, I didn't see it. it. Looked like a lot of fouls to me. It looked like they were out of position and stumbling all over themselves. Um, you know, were there bad calls? Sure, it's college sports there's bad calls and all just wait till baseball you'll see some things you never saw before in a baseball game uh yeah they're bad calls but it it wasn't like there weren't any bad calls against wake Forest. but neither here nor there they've been able to win without alex Hemingway. they could not win without chase hunter despite pj hall looking like he's going to be making a few million dollars in a couple of years hunter tyson on the boards for a gangly white dude. He really hits the boards, you know, back in my day, um, it was Horace Grant horse. Yeah. It was Horace Grant who was like 6'10". I think he weighed like 160 when he got there. Um, and he was going, this was Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and James worthy days. And he would grab 10 or 11 rebounds and you wonder how he, you do it. But here's what I've learned about Hunter Tyson. On our little prize picks, 
when it says 9.5 rebounds, take the over because that dude is going to stumble his way into 12 rebounds or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think they held up pretty well considering the young guards um, aren't ready, right? They're they're okay for stretches when they've got to fill in for Chase Hunter and whoever, um, you know, three minutes at a time. But to ask them to be on the road against Wake Forest um, – I think Josh Beadle had zero assist on the night. He scored eight points, but if I remember, they were all layups and free throws. He, there's no jump shot there whatsoever. Um, and I think Dylan Hunter's even less ready. He didn't score any points. Had a couple assists, if I remember correctly. But didn't score any points. So they are going to struggle if Chase Hunter's not in the game. Uh, but man, they play hard. They play hard. Uh, I will. I've got. I've done this several times on Rubbing the Rock. I give them Brad Brownell credit because they're better coached. They get the ball inbounds the last two games, um, and uh, they get the ball inbounds in crucial situations. Remember, they would have five second calls and turn the ball over. This is a much better coached team, and I see JP in the comments here. JP, how you doing, bud? He uh, <laughs> ain't it yet. Yeah. Yep. He played some good defense for a couple of games, but on the offensive end, he's a liability. Yeah, and I don't think Clemson's very deep, and I think that bench shortens up even a little bit later in, in the ACC season and into the tournament. But, uh, again, I, I think the last show that we did, I love I love the big guys. Uh, Shefflin, is, is, uh, he scored two points last night. He only had three boards. But, man, he'll give you – he's one of those guys that reminds me of me, although way more skilled and way better. But uh, – Baller. You, you get five, you get five fouls, you know, you can't roll them over to the next next game. So, uh, but yeah, last night it, I love their fight and I hate to, to use this overused phrase of Clemson basketball, but it did, it really felt like it was a gritty game. They had to battle. They didn't have their leader. And I'm sorry that Chase Hunter is the leader of, of that team. As much as Hunter Tyson's been fantastic and he's probably the captain uh, and he's, he's been wonderful. Chase Hunter kind of is the stir, the straw that stirs the drink, is my overused phrase that I use on this show all the time. And I, you know, they still fought. They had no business of losing that game by ten. They had no business, but but they kept fighting. They kept fighting. They kept playing to the final whistle. Yeah, the calls didn't go their way. It felt like for a stretch or or two that every time the ball came down, there was a foul call. And I get it. I mean, there were there were fouls, and they weren't moving their feet, and they weren't defending the way they normally do, and. Again, that probably starts at the top with with your when your point guard and your leaders out, just getting into into that position. But uh, they fought again. They fought and fought and fought, and and that's something. It reminds me of Florida State football. You, you didn't. We haven't seen that in a Clemson team in a couple of years, really. Probably since the final a Sweet Sixteen team. They were. Uh... Well, they now, lost to a good team, Marty. From, yeah, on the road. On the road. Yeah, they were down place. by six points with two minutes to go. It's crazy. Crazy. But it, it felt like it was 25 points. This team, no this team is so different than the last 15. He's only been there 13 years. Last 10 Brownell teams, maybe with the exception of the Sweet 16 team. I don't even know if that Sweet 16 team fought like this team fights. Shefflin is, uh, as JP printed, uh, posted mm -hmm. on Twitter the other day, and I put a quote to him and said he's a baller and you said he you know you get five thousand he might get him in three minutes but um 
He's going to get his money's worth. There's no, there's no cheap fouls from that dude. That's that's for sure. I was, I was talking to Houston the other day via text, and he was like, he got ragdolled against Duke the entire game. But what, the heck of an effort he gave in that Duke game, you know. So, <laughs> yes, he was getting thrown all over the place and getting outbodied. But man, he fought. He fought his tail off. I loved it. And he and the thing is, he's one of those guys that may be getting ragdolled, but he doesn't even realize it, right? He's just out there balling. That's why I called him a baller, man. He's just out there. I'm this is like a backyard game to him. I'm sure he's smart, but man, he looks like a big dumb animal at times. And you you just want to hug him and you're like, you your effort is is infectious and it's great. I knew like nine guys like him on my high school team. That's why we're (laughs) we were six and seventeen. Uh, yes, I wasn't tall enough to be that good, but uh, anyway, JP says bingo on the fight last night was one of those games where they could have oh, easily yeah. gotten blown out. They didn't let that happen. I agree with that. I think that's that's you know kind of what I was trying to say. And Casey, you said it perfectly. They had no business being down by six with two minutes to go. Um, but yeah, and I'm not that. saying that Chase Hunter makes a ten point difference. Right. I, I, I'm not sure Clemson wins that game with Chase Hunter. Agreed. But, you know, the, the rotation looks a little better and smoother. And He struggled recently scoring, too. But, you know, he runs the offense a little better. I think Brad, uh, Brownell even said something like there were some wild lineups out there. And then Chauncey Wiggins comes off the bench. He had 14 points all year. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, man? It was wild. It was wild. Uh, they played hard and tough. That was my note. Okay, Clemson baseball. I'm glad JP's on here because we're you, me, him, and whoever else wants to join us. Um, gonna do maybe I shouldn't say that. Some others um, <laughs> will. Uh, we're gonna kind of plan on a um, uh, Twitter spaces around Clemson baseball. I know the three of us are excited about Clemson baseball coming up uh maybe we should i should have probably actually invited jp on tonight um no we're going to talk about clubs and baseball in but, a week or so when 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 we put when we really dig into the preview he's going to be able to help me um write my article so <laughs> in a week or two. sounds good sounds good so put that on your uh your your book jp um oh he's already giving us a schedule giving you your next nice. article uh, baseball coming up now. We talked about this briefly in our last the last time we got together. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if it's we're looking at fourteen and forty two or forty two and fourteen or or maybe somewhere, you know twenty eight and twenty eight. I think that's the right math. I don't have any idea what to expect, but I'm excited about baseball. Um, and you wrote a precursor article today, just kind of make getting some names familiar, which I sincerely appreciate because I'm like, hmm, okay, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Um, and baseball gets a, a lot less pub than the other sports when it comes to the recruits, uh, unless they get selected and go to, to, uh, to the minors. But anyway, um, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. We got less than a month. JP says the first practices – is next Friday, so it's almost time, Case. Yeah, and I, sh- I should have reached out to him, too, because when I was doing a little th- – the article that I put out on rubbingtherock.com was really just to get some names out there to kind of familiarize Clemson fans to the, n- the names that are coming back, some of the new names, some of the transfer names that are that are coming in. Um, but really, 
I then reached back to on the ClemsonTigers.com to see if they had any box scores or anything from the spring. And I know they played 15 in the games with UNCW, with ECU, a couple, a couple of scrimmages, inter-squad scrimmages. But I didn't get any box scores. But the name that really jumped out at me was Max Starbuck. Max Starbuck has been kind of a reserve infielder for Clemson, son of the former third base coach. Um, and I just – I'm surprised. I just – because I say that because I look then as to who's coming back from the infield, and it's Benjamin Blackwell, Blake Wright. So you figure shortstop, second base, although Wright probably moves to third maybe. Starbuck and Grice, they're saying Grice is going to play first, but then you get Rodley Bertram, who's a transfer from Michigan, who played 62 games and 62 starts at shortstop in Michigan last year. That's an awful crowded infield. At first when I was like, oh, man, only four infielders are back. Uh, and then, and then seeing Starbucks' name hitting well in the in the preseason doesn't always translate, but or it's hitting well in the fall. And then I looked at the recruits, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven infield recruits, six of which are shortstops. Obviously, they're not they don't translate to college shortstops, but it's like there's a there's a crowded crowded uh, lineup here as to who's going to get playing time. So again. I just wrote this to kind of give, get names out there, kind of familiarize myself. It was very self-serving of, of an article, but uh, just to know who's coming back, how many innings, how many games they've played, where they played, that kind of thing. So um, I'm excited, though. I, I sat, sat down. This took me these three pages right here that I have in front of me, which translates to a lot of words on rubbingtherock.com. But uh, it, it, it took me about 20 minutes to, to write the piece and then more time to research it. There's also, there's just a lot of, um, I, I don't know, intrigues the right word or what, but, you know, we got guys transferring to South Carolina. Um, you know, we got Monty Lee at South Carolina, uh, guys transferring to other places, uh, guys coming from Michigan. He's pulling these guys, uh, Backage is pulling these guys from, you know, all over the United States when, you know, Monty Lee was pretty much South Carolina, Georgia, you know, every now and then a Florida guy or whatever, but Southeast, let's say, with an occasional exception. But Backage has these guys from all over the place. And in Michigan's an obvious one. I think there's a Missouri or Illinois maybe New guy. Hampshire. Yeah, just wild, wild. So um, I'm ready for it, man. I'm, I'm ready for that first game. I've already called in sick that day because it starts <laughs> at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon here in Texas, right? So – um, I've already called in sick that day, so uh, JP, I I, I'm just going to ask JP. I don't know if you have anything else to add, JP, uh, to what we're saying, but we're just we're excited. I know you are too, and uh, I'm going to get that Twitter spaces together. Hopefully, it's something we can do throughout the season. It's kind of like the Garrett Riley thing, baseball style, except this is the head coach with with Eric Backage coming in, and he's recruiting his tail off every every time you turn around. He's getting some other kid from whether it's in state or out of state to to commit to him. He's two years down the road already, which is, which is awesome. I think his next class is already in the top 15 uh, for, for next year. And I think the one piece that people are going to either really like or not really like is that there's a familiar name. And it's funny because in the official ClemsonTigers.com that comes from sports information director says that Jack Leggett is in his first year at Clemson. <laughs> uh, well, as a program development, so 
he's going to be around the program. He's got an official title with the program. So love him or hate him or don't like, I don't know who can hate him, but love him or don't like him. Uh, he's going to be around. He's going to old seven's going to be running around somewhere. I will say this. I, I, I don't think I ever hate him. I have no reason to hate him, but um, I was ready for him. I loved him when they were good. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like him so much when they weren't and they refused to to change and weren't very competitive. And I thought the game had passed him by. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I was excited for Monty Lee. I thought that's what baseball is now. And, and to some extent it is. Even in the college game, Tennessee hit, you know, 528 home runs. They didn't win the national championship, though. And that's the goal, right? So – you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe, you know, the game had passed him by to some extent, but maybe we went too far the other way. And you know what they always say about the coaches, right? When you hire one and it doesn't work, you tend to go to the other side, you know, the other, the opposite type of coach. Like if he's a football, if he's a defensive coach, you go and hire somebody on the offensive side. Uh, so maybe we'll see something different. I want to see good baseball is what I want to see. Um, as we talked about offline, I want to see fundamental baseball. I'm old, dude, right? <laughs> I want to see fundamental baseball, bunts, as you talked about, ad nauseum, uh, sacrifices, and, and running the bases. I want to see guys not get thrown out by four miles six times a game. There's a way to be aggressive and not look foolish, and I think that's what they need to do. They made mistakes, Casey, that I would not make as a high schooler. Yeah, that was frustrating. There was games that were frustrating, straight up frustrating last year. JP says Jack is at the very least working with the hitters. I've already seen him in uniform back in the fall, all smiles, headed to the batting cages. Yep, I think that's what he wanted. And, hey, like you said, love him or don't like him, one thing you can't argue is that man loves Clemson baseball. He's a legend. He's a legend at Clemson. His his uniform is – if it's not, it will be retired. One thing that I did notice too in the in the game notes of this uh, fall ball was stolen bases. Caden Grice had three. I think this it was a freshman um, that's coming in. Cam, Cam, Canarella from Hartsville, South Carolina. He had nine stolen bases in two games. I mean, right off the bat, just those two sentences, and I heard angels singing behind my head. Like, <laughs> they're going to be aggressive on the base pass as long as they're smart. I mean, what, maybe that says something about Cooper Engel's arm not being ready to go, but uh, or whoever they were running on, but they're running the bases already, which I love to see. Yeah, and and again, I'm not saying they should never get thrown out on the bases. That's going to happen. When you steal a lot of bases, you're going to get caught. Sometimes you're going to try and go first and third, and you're going to get caught. But do it smartly, like – I think one time last year they had a chance to have second and third and nobody out. Instead, they had a guy on first and two outs like that. There's a difference between being aggressive on the base paths and just being flat out dumb. Reckless. Reckless and dumb. Beef, we've done 43 minutes in our first show back. Oh, that sounds like something you'd say on a chopping beef. <laughs> Are you chopping beef this week? Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. It's doubtful, but hopefully. <laughs> All right. I'm one of your many podcasts you do, but I'm thankful that we had this time. It's a lot of fun. We ought to do this, hey, next Wednesday. If we, I'm if, available. Uh, 
Okay. I think I am too. Uh, things got a little busy for me these days, but we'll, we'll work it out. It sounds like, it sounds like fun, man. Tell the people, thank you. And let's get out of here. Uh, Chancy, Anthony Weiss, Kevron, JP, John Chancy. I think I already said that. We appreciate you, man. And beef is going to say thanks. No thanks to Zach Locks Parker, but hope you get better, pal. And on the better Locks had a little surgery. Thanks to everyone in the Seldom News Reserve College Football Discussion Facebook group. Uncle John McGee, who already liked the Facebook post earlier today. Uh, as always, Sluggo Podcast and each and every one of you who listens, likes, shares, and participates on behalf of Marty Seldom News Reserve Coleman. I am Casey the Beef Cregan. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure to check out rubbingtherock.com and we'll see you next week right here on Sluggo. Rubbingtherock.com. I think we're done here. 